team, family, squadron, here we are, back around the table for yet another episode of The Landing Pad. We have an incredible, incredible treat planned for everyone listening here. Mm-hmm. We've got state champ, rancher, <laughs> hooper, product of Llewellyn, <laughs> overall thugging gangster, Dylan Hafen, one of the greatest moguls in the industry. I literally yep. can't wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> A longtime <laughs> friend and colleague. I am stoked. But for right now, welcome out to yet another episode of The Landing Pad. Dylan Hafen, welcome to the pad. Hey, appreciate you guys. There, there was a poll. And I don't remember what it was. People were driving out to the to their markets, and there was such a wide consensus saying, where the F is Dylan Hafen? Why wasn't he on the landing pad? And when I read those, it, it broke my heart, yeah, and it made me realize that it is so time. It's so long overdue, and Dylan is ready. He's come prepared. He is ready to go. Ripe. How does it feel? Ripe. Um, feels ripe. Yeah. No, it feels great. It's great. <laughs> So you're here. You're ready to ready to drop oh, yeah. some uh, drop some bars. Let's talk. Dude. Bring some knowledge. Sure. And bring it to the table. Let's do it. You are also an experienced podcast giver. Um, guest. You've been guest on several of these. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Couple. You're a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a big deal. Well, before we get into it, uh, we've got some fun things lined up for this podcast. So let's just get right into the housekeeping. Uh, only one thing. We're just going to recap corn bellies that happened on Monday. It was great. We thought we were going to have like two, three, four hundred people show up because, you know, that's just how many people show up to these kind of things. We had like 670 people hmm. come in and uh, use the grip, you know, pass, whatever you want to call it. And it's, it was great. Were, I mean, you, were you family fun? Did you make it? Yeah, I did. Family it's, fun. It's a great time. I wasn't planning on going and I literally got caught up in the family fun. Did you? <laughs> what did you do? Did you eat I some donuts, to, apple I, cider? I wanted to put my face in one of those holes. Did you? And I wanted to take some pictures. I wanted to take some pictures. And I wanted to do the bags, and I wanted to bob for apples. And you did it all. And I did. And it was a great time. <laughs> great time. time. Fall, fall, fall event. I think we're going to be doing a couple bowling nights here the next uh, next few weeks. So, uh, it was cold. Keep it up. It was, it was frigid. It was frigid. Keep it inside. Let's keep it inside. Yeah, it yeah, frigid. yeah. It's, it's getting cold. So, okay. that That's it for our housekeeping. Yeah, there's really not a whole ton, is there? <laughs> no, there's not. There's really not a whole ton. <laughs> Everyone be safe this Halloween weekend. Yes. Uh we're transitioning into, yeah, everyone counted us out. Everyone thought we were done. Nope. Everyone thought we were washed. No. Everyone thought, oh, there's no way they're still doing this. They're so bad. Well, we are. It's the best time of the week. We're ready for the locks of the week. We're coming off of a score. It's the best locks of the week in the history of the landing. And it's not close. Well, it is. It, I just, the Super Bowl week was close. Oh, yeah. Actually, the Super okay. Bowl okay. week was Yeah, that, that was better. That was better. We made some incredible bets that week. That being said, though. Between Garth's pick, my pick, guest pick, we were three and zero last week. Repeat that one more time, please. Three and zero. That means we all won. We all won. Mm-hmm. If we would have parlayed the three locks of the week, Corbin's, it just adds to his legend. <laughs> oh my god! He picks a plus two fifty underdog for the UFC fight cashes. Yep. Garth picks a plus one forty underdog yep. in the NFL money line cashes. I pick the Jets while they still have points on the road. They win outright. Oh my gosh. None of these were really even sweats. The O'Malley fight, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, we're talking with ease. If you would have parlayed these three, we're talking 17 to 1. Tell them to bring me my money. Yeah! I'm talking uh, you win all the money back that you lost from your boy G Money's locks of the week. <laughs> all of it. 10 bucks to win 170. Come on. I don't know, man. Come on. I don't know, man. Marry the process. <laughs> Take Mar- the results, man. That's I'm what I do. You what. That's what I do. No one will outbet us. Nope. No, I'll put I'll put in more tickets. Go, go, go! All so, right. So, what do the people want to hear this people week? People want to hear this week. Coming off of a scorching week, they <laughs> oh, want to hear more so free what? money. They want to hear more free money, and that's what I've got for them. Yes, yes. This week, I absolutely love the Cowboys and Bears under forty three. 
I think the Bears are coming off a huge emotional win huge. Monday night against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to be reeling. I don't think they're going to be ready to play. It's a young team. I think they were out having a good time Monday night, Tuesday. Yeah. And I think the Cowboys' defense is staunch. I don't yeah. think they're giving up many points. But I also don't think no. they have a super dialed offense because Dak's just coming back off an injury. I like, yeah. the, I like the under. I love the under, actually. I think we're talking 16 to 10. Cowboys. Yeah, I, we're talking low scoring. Yeah, and, and and this season you you bet under. You just do. The over's just not there with you any game. Do. I love that. With me, uh, everybody knows I'm a big, 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 big Rams fan. Love the Rams. You know, ride or die. So this one broke my heart. This one broke my heart. But this one screamed Vegas slip up. San Francisco will be playing the Rams at SoFi. I've been to SoFi multiple, multiple times. A lot of times, you know, you're given a few points for the home field advantage. The Rams don't have that. Their fan base is bad. Every game I've gone to, the visiting team has more fans than the Rams do. There's no home field advantage. San Francisco's way better than the Rams. Hey, hey, it, faithful to the Bay. I, I, I hate the Bay. No, yeah, 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 shouts out. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm taking San Francisco to cover. I mean, realistically, I'm taking them to cover. One and a half. It's just, dude, they're probably going to win by six. Like, Yeah, not to mention Shanahan is McVay's papa. Yes. His D-Dog. And only one and a half? Oh, yeah. Free money. I'm, I'm on the Niners. Free money. All okay. right, Dylan, our guests. So right now, for the record, our guests are 2-0. and oh. I'm 1-3, and three, and Easton's 2 You're back to even, though. I'm back even. You're trustable. Agreed. I'm fighting. You got it. <laughs> our guests are 2-0, and oh, though. So, Dylan, listen up to this guy's pick, and we'll see what happens. So Raiders, Saints, um, obviously you're right. Mm. Hometown Vegas. Yeah, I love the grittiness. Um, I I gotta take I gotta take Vegas on this one. Yeah, they have had a great start to their season. Uh, by any means, they've had a lot of close games, um, with some good teams. Yeah. Um, I think coming off the wins with the Texans just this last week, I think they are Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs. I mean, they are. Yeah. Those guys. Th- those guys are. They're stoked. You know what I mean? I don't. I, I don't, I don't I see hot. a world. I don't see a world where they're losing. To, I don't see a world where they're losing to the Saints. No, no. And with their uh, with Marshawn, yeah, Marshawn's out. I, I just, I don't see. Yeah, I think the Raiders are taking it. The crazy thing is, like, I think this game depends on one person, one person only. Our boy, your boy, Taysom Hill. <laughs> if that guy falls <laughs> yeah. out, yeah, the yeah. Saints have a chance. That guy's an outlier. <laughs> He's an, yeah. He is thirty points in fantasy, or he is .02 points in fantasy, and there's yeah, no correct. in between, no zero. Yeah. So we'll see. That that guy will uh, make or break your lock of the week. Though. Well, your locks, well, the locks are in. You heard it here first. Raiders, huh? Yeah. Got to Raider. love Raider. <laughs> Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Okay, moving into another fun segment. It was the people's favorite. It's my favorite that we've ever done. We're going back to the starting fives. Okay, so me and Easton are going to take turns drafting our starting fives. And I went first last time. Easton will go first this time. And it is about the goats. No, not goats as in the farm animal. The greatest of all times. Now, it may be in sports. It may be at this. It may be at that. The greatest of something of all time. It, I hope you're you're I hope you're buckled in because this is going to be yeah. This is and first of all, I apologize to nobody. I want to take this moment to apologize <laughs> to absolutely nobody. My picks are my picks. I don't. Oh God, Tom Brady should have went for. Sh-. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. Don't this is that. this is me. Okay, Easton. Who are you taking first in the goats? Yeah, I mean. You know, leader. We, we've all heard the clip, right? Leadership yep. sets culture, and culture, so uh, culture, behavior, behavior. It's, behavior, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all the things. It's right? all there. It's all there. And so, when I think, who do I want? Round one, <laughs> pick one. I want like high, <laughs> high caliber human being. <laughs> Good guy. Yeah. Great in the locker room. Strong presence. And obviously a resume to back it up. So 100%. the clear pick here is Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a fact. I mean, <laughs> how many video games? 14, yeah. 15? I don't, I don't know. Pro skater? Listening to Superman by Goldfinger. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> Catching good. rails. Catching rails, grabbing the tapes, the video. Like, he's yep. – I, I, I agree with that. That's good such night, a Irene. strong first pick. Okay, so I need to combat that with just an overall champion. Yeah. I need somebody that, like, when he steps up to the plate or the table, there's just no chance that he loses. There's no chance that he doesn't absolutely just demolish the competition because that's the guy that you need leading the squad. I will be taking pick two of round one, Joey Chestnut. Wow. 
Wow. <laughs> like, he doesn't lose. The goat glizzy gobbler. <laughs> <laughs> Shout so, out John Taylor. That's what guy John would say. Like, that guy doesn't lose, and, like, there are other goats that have lost. I don't think Joey Chestnut has ever lost ever. Yeah, has no, he? The, the, the gap between him and second is pretty astonishing. It's, it's like 100 hot dogs to 47. Yeah, it's that not guy close. gobbles down the glizzers. Yeah, he's okay. So that's my that's number tough. one pick. So if you're going dominance there, I've got to respond uh, in suit. So where I'm going, and this is aside from Tony Hawk, which is like he's like such a character pick. Yeah, big culture pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if I'm going like pure resume compared to the next best, it's not Jordan. It's not Brady. Those guys are goats. It's not Serena. It's none of those. It's Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. It is Wayne hey. Gretzky, who has more assists than the next closest player has points, or pardon me, goals and assists. Yeah, he's just the best. It's not even It's not even in the same arena. Yeah. So I'm going Wayne Gretzky, the legend. For his hair alone. I mean. It's great hair. I mean, not yeah. for the teeth. Yeah, the no, teeth. The, the his, teeth are an L. Get this. Sure. His nickname is The Great One. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Miss 100% of the shots you don't Yeah, take. Great second pick. All right, my second pick. So now that I've got the best and it's not close, I need energy. Yeah. I need a little bit of flair. Oh. <laughs> I'm going no. with the one no. and only, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wish I knew it. It's like, what is it, crocodile? I don't, day, Ric dude. Flair, the nature boy? <laughs> yes, he's like <laughs> the kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing. I don't know. Like we need to figure out exactly what he says, but he's so good. He's the best. He's the goat of wrestling, and he always has been. Can you see him? I don't know, dude. Stone Cold Steve Austin. The ro- I respect it. I respect. Hundred percent, but he's not Ric Flair. It. I respect it as a goat pick. I do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, pick three. Okay. Okay. I need strat. I need a lot of strategy. We've got a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of greatness. But yeah. Now we need direction. Okay. So it makes a lot of sense. For me, for yeah. my team, for what I'm going for. Okay. The indispensable man. Okay. The the leader of the American Revolution. Oh. Crossing the Delaware. I'm going George Washington. Oh, okay. I can't believe As that. the goat of all goats. I like that. Yeah. I do. Steel. The fact that he fell to me in round three. Yeah. I'm a little queasy. Yeah, that's such a fact. We just wouldn't be where we are. They no, wanted to make I him mean, the king. They, after the revolution, Let's... fun fact, everybody wanted to make him the king. He could have had unlimited power. He was like, no, we just fought that. I'll be the president only for a little bit. He's so, dude, the guy he's is. He's so not yeah. bigger than the system. Proud it's to be crazy. an American. Yeah. He is. He's it. Okay. Well, this, then I have to do what I have to do. That was actually my pick, but it is what it is. I'm going to take a guy that is known by many, many, many names, right? The Sultan of Swat. The King of Crash. The Great. Bambino. The Colossus of Cloud? The Colossus of Cloud. <laughs> Our guy, Babe Ruth. Wow. It's it's wow. Like, like, dude, like, I can't, like, the, the guy is, even back in his time, you guys have seen his diet. It's like four T-bone steaks in the morning. It's like a thing, a pint of whiskey. Like, and he did what he did. So, like, he was just so much better than everybody at that time. Dude, Babe Ruth. I, <sighs> Yeah. It's Babe Ruth. I mean, his name is Babe. The Great Bambino. It's a legend. It's a legend. It's a legend. 100%. He's a legend, true. So that's my third pick. All right. So, okay, filling out the bottom of the roster here. I'm just so leadership heavy. I need guys who are just going <laughs> to go and do. I need go and doers. I need doers. I need okay. guys who are going to be in the trenches. I need guys who are willing to get their hands a little bit dirty. Mm. Oh, no, I know where you're going. <laughs> you can go two places. I don't know where you're going. And no. so for me, it makes a lot of sense. No. <laughs> this is an advice that he is not a hero, but he is a goat. <laughs> the greatest drug dealer of all time, Pablo Escobar. Okay, I'm so And he that, is going to yeah. be super in the trenches with the leadership of Washington <laughs> and, the, and the character development the that he's going to experience around Tony Hawk. Oh, so Pair him up with Gretzky. <laughs> See ya. Bye-bye, Birdie. Good luck keeping up. Oh, my gosh, dude. This one. So if we're going villains, I've got to be able to match your evil with another type of evil. And this was a late addition by, I think, like Sean Staple or somebody. But this guy, like everyone, it's a spooky one. (laughs) Not a hero. Not a hero. Not a hero, but he is the greatest of all time. A Utah native. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ted, Ted Theodore Bundy, dude. He's oh. the greatest serial killer of all time. Not, not Bundo. That was that one. I don't know if I could actually say it, but he's the greatest of all time, and he's going to have to take down our guy, Pablo Escobar. It's going to have to happen. Yeah, he is going, a Utah they're going, native. They're going hand-to-hand. Oh, I feel sick, though, after saying that one. I feel, I don't even Tom know Brady or Ted Bundy. Are we actually recording? <laughs> I don't this know. This feels like Earth 2. <laughs> okay, rounding, right. up, rounding out my top five, oh, rounding out my picks. Uh, we've got a, oh. a lot of heroes, a lot of icons. I've got to take my guy. I'm going to separate the art from the artist. Mm. He's the undisputed greatest of all time. I remember exactly where I was when I found out that he so tragically passed. Mm. We're talking the king of pop. My guy... Mm. All of our guys. Don't stop till you get enough Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Rounding out my GOAT team. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. All right. That's a great pick. All right. Well, I think I've just got to do somebody that's personally made an impact on me and my life and helped me to get to where I am today because of this man, Andrew Hanson, <laughs> the goat of door to door to ever do it. I've got to do it. It, yeah. it. it has to be said. Drew Hanson is my number five pick, and it just had to be done. And I'm sorry, <laughs> it had to be done. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> Bundy with Drew's training, <laughs> unstoppable. <laughs> he might sell five mil. Oh, I he felt like five mil personally. I personally felt like my top five of like. The the cats thing. I felt like I absolutely smoked you, Easton. I'm sitting here with my starting five, and I feel sick. And I, I feel like I my team is uh, well, Dil, not where it should be. Dill, what Dill, what do you think? Who got the best of the goat draft? Uh, this is tough, <laughs> it, dude. I'm torn. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can get on either of you guys' trains to be honest. Oh, I can't. But I chose if I had to me. choose, I, yeah, I'll probably Easton. You, you did well. You did do good. <sighs> I follow Washington. Yeah, yeah. Dang, yeah. Dude, your top five is so much better. But I got Drew. <laughs> you Hansen, did smoke so. him with the Thackeray being spit. Let, us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last Let us know in the comments, whenever yeah. this gets dropped, <sighs> who got the best of this draft. But without further ado, we got we to gotta get our guy. Let's get going. The guy, the mogul involved in the meat and potatoes. Yep. So a little bio, Dill, from Vegas, state champ. Grew up, served a mission 16 to 18. We're talking Miami. Mm. We're talking all the flash. He gets back 18, living at Liberty Square, mm. dating sweet, beautiful, wonderful, such a treat, Madison, mm-hmm. the best of all time. Yep. She could have been in this draft. She should have been in the draft. She should have been. Yeah. She could have. She, she should have been. She's a secret weapon. You bring her. She's she, my number one pick. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. He's from Vegas. Dill, you started in, in 2019. was your first summer. Take us through your background bio, minute, two minutes. Let us know. Um, it all started at Costa Vida. I mean, what can I say? Mm. Easton reaches out, says, hey, dude, I have a sick business opportunity with three <laughs> laughing face emojis following the, the business opportunity text. I'm like, this sounds like a really funny business opportunity. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Then I find out it's, it's summer sales. <laughs> awesome. Hey, dude, great to see you're you after in. the mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. No, so I meet, I meet with Ben. We go back. Um, he sends me the paperwork, rest is history, and here we are. Um, <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. No, no. So we, we go out. Um, summer of 2019 was a blast. Uh, the Phillies, that, yeah, that Philly team. If you're, if you're in door-to-door, if you were in door-to-door at the time, you, you know that team. Uh, it, was, it was an incredible year. I, I think I sold, uh, sold 340-something accounts as a rookie. I did like a little over 200K. It's great. Um, fun, fun year. Top five rookie. People forget. I, I was a top five rookie in the company. Um, don't forget it. Mm-mm. So, would love to relive rookie year. Um, <laughs> recruits at that point? I had a couple. I think I had like three recruits. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, um, second year, went out, led a team with Calvin Escobedo uh, in uh, Delaware. I think I went out with like 19 guys or something like that. Uh, ended up doing 400 and something accounts, um, 300 and... 30K in revenue or something like that. Sick. And then third year, uh, which would have been 2021, uh, had an office in Denver, Colorado, then Nashville. Um, I think I did 450 accounts that year, 300 and like close to 350K in revenue. I can't remember. Um, and then uh, this last year, year four, had uh, office. We had um, guys in OKC, Dallas, Long Island, New York, White Plains, New York, and uh, Providence, Rhode Island, and all of our managers 
crushed it. Did it how really many reps were? How many reps did you take out that year? Uh, ninety something. That's awesome. Yeah, a little over ninety. So you've been successful, you could say. Things yeah. have always scaled for you every year. Yeah, yeah it's been awesome. Because, dude, and I was I was actually in a recruiting meeting yesterday with a guy, right? And like the dream of every door to door rep, the majority, right? If they have a long term vision in this space. The idea is that one day they hope to be able to have had enough impact, recruited enough people, built a legacy enough to be able to not have to knock the doors, still, you know, add the value, do what you do, but not physically have to personally knock the doors because your value is better added, you know, leading or sure. visiting, whatever it may be. What would you say now that people kind of have an idea where you're at now? What are the key factors that have played a part in helping you get off the doors and add value in a different way. By by your fourth year. Yeah. Which is... Yeah. Yeah. So, first part of that answer, uh, knocking the doors hard for three years. Yeah. I knocked hard for three years. Um, I think that gave me tons of insight into, like, what it takes to get to this point. Um, it wasn't easy. I, I did, like I said, I, I sold well, uh, you know, my by the three years I did knock. Um, and I was in the trenches with some of the, like, literally the best reps in the entire industry. Yeah. Indisputably. Um, so that's that's the first part uh, of, of my answer. Second part of my answer, uh, anybody that was, uh, and this is just me being, I'm just going to be totally blunt. Um, anybody that was here back in 2019, 2020 will tell you, uh, after my rookie year, uh, I was in the office every single day longer than anybody L longer than anybody and there were days where i had nothing going on yeah um for actually probably the first half of that off season i probably had n i didn't really have a ton going on i was gritty reaching out to tons of people trying to hang out with tons of people get them into the office get my current reps into the office trying to get them to recruit um incentivize them whatever that looked like that was a few years ago but nobody nobody at least in my mind, was outworking me uh, as uh, uh, going into their second year. Mm -hmm. I spent the most time in the office. It's and it's it wasn't close. Well, there's something to even say about that, right? Like nobody has to go out and be a Drew Hansen, a Cody Olive, a Cal. Like it, you, you don't have to do that to have the success. So many people think like, oh, dude, if you're not the best, like good luck, right? Mm -hmm. No, it's like, dude, if you go out and you have good results and you deliver two things for your guys, we talk about this all the time a great experience and your guys have great earnings, they're going to come back, right? That, that's just the, that's the secret sauce, earnings and experience. And dude, it sounds like if you're in the trenches with your guys leading from the front, and then when you get back from the summer, you're willing to get back in the trenches, be there for your guys, help deliver them, not just an in-summer experience, but an out-of-summer experience where they're recruiting, they're getting dubs, they're getting success, they're recruiting. That's how you grow. Right? Yeah. So it's like, dude, that's that's just awesome here that the the guys that just coast, those are the guys that are fine, but they're not off the doors in four years. Sure. Right. I mean, and if I could add to that, I, it's like you just worked so hard in the summer to sell For what? Yeah. And you come back, it's like use that use that momentum to 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 take off, if you will. Um, I don't think I have ever, 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 um, like I come home, I don't take like people. Like, oh man, I just I need a couple months. I need a. I'm gonna just unwind and then we'll get to it. Um, I've just never, I've never done that. Yeah, and it's it's. I'm not saying that you know people need to unwind and relax and do their thing. Um, I just think that if you just spent all summer working your absolute tail off to have great results, why wouldn't you roll that into the off season and start you know getting that portion of your business rolling? You're just, so. miss, you're just missing such a huge opportunity. 100%. You missed the mark. So then following up, right, with another question, uh, one of the things that's really hard to overlook is the personal brand that you have created for yourself, right, within the space. Whether that's with podcasts, whether that's with Instagram, whether that's with your out-of-state presence, right? Like, sure. what, what percentage of your production was out of Utah? Majority of it. Yeah. Majority. Which, which is, and how much did you do last summer? Downline? Um, McKay and I did... 13 million right and, and the majority is out of state the amount of people that are doing that you can count on one hand yeah. right so a lot of that is attributed to your brand so the question is what went into your branding like what inspired it and how much of your success do you attribute to it uh that's a great question um so 
right? When, when you bring somebody into the office and I'll, I'll kind of pose an example. When you bring somebody into the office, right? Like, are you, uh, like, do you want to present yourself as like sloppy, right? To that person? Or do you want to like present yourself as like professional? You know what you're talking about. You've been in the space for a while. You have experience, right? Obviously the latter, yeah. right? You want to present yourself professionally. You know what you're talking about. You're clean. You're, you're sharp. You're, you know, you have integrity X, Y, Z. Um, I, a few years back decided let's, you know, make, let's, let's create a brand, right. Um, on social media for myself. And when people see you on social media, uh, if they've never met you in person, that is who you are. Yeah. Right. If you have a bunch of, you know, uh, pictures of, you know, yourself doing dumb stuff or, you know, you, it doesn't look put together or whatever it is, then not saying that you're, you're, that doesn't make you a put together person. Right. But you might as well not be a put together person to somebody who's never met you in person. If that makes sense. So, uh, we started, I started really focusing on my personal brand maybe, uh, two years ago. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's helped a ton. Um, it, it, uh, I was able to, um, we got Tate Breyer who has absolutely crushed it in the recruiting game. You gotta love Tate. Yeah. Tate's, Tate's a great guy. Um, and I think that, you know, Tate reaching out to me on Instagram was probably a lot of that, you know, was probably because, oh, wow, this guy's, you know, super put together brand. Yep. Seems like, you know, he's doing X, Y, Z. Um, and since then, right, whenever your reps, right, are going to bring guys in for meetings or get them on a Zoom meeting, say, hey, this is who you're going to be talking to here. Look, I want them to feel comfortable sending somebody like my Instagram saying, like, this is the guy you're going to talk to. Right. Um put together, looks professional, looks like he knows what he's talking about, has experience in business or in the space or whatever that is. I just think it's like overall it makes you have a little bit more of like a professional experience persona. And I feel like especially out of state, right? For like, sure. Especially like when parents, for example, in Utah, everybody knows summer sales. Everyone understands like what it takes to have a successful summer. But like out of state, I remember my parents first heard about like pest control. They had no idea. They thought it sure. was a scam and like, now that social media is so relevant, you know, if they would have Google or, you know, looked up somebody on Instagram that I was going to go out with, I would hope that they would look at that person and be like, oh, yeah, like that kid, that kid seems like he knows what he he's doing. He looks put together. He looks put together. He looks yeah. professional. And it's like, I think that you could attribute a ton of your out-of-state success to your brand, to your, you know, quote-unquote, put-togetherness, right? And like sure. who you at least portray yourself to be on social media. 100%. Right, which is the same person, but yeah. yeah and and <laughs> so many people talk about social media as they talk about social media in that light as a con where it's like, oh, it, it's it's all the fake things. It's just a highlight reel. It's not how life actually is. But on the flip side, when so much of success in this industry is tied to image and results yeah. and aesthetic, sure. perception is reality. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you could have like these phenomenal results and you could have like an unbelievable experience that you deliver and all these things. But if you don't have like a really strong identifiable brand that you can attach it to. It, it's the same principle as going out and having a huge summer and then not being in the office. It's like you've created all this opportunity for yourself. Now it's time to execute and it's just not there. Yeah. So guys, companies that have, and I'll, I'll interject and say this, that have a good brand will recruit more. They will grow more. They will recruit more. It's sexier. It's cooler. It's doper. It's sicker, whatever you want to call it. Right, just more professional. It's just more professional. I mean, that, and, and that directly translates to yourself when you're when you're recruiting. If I might also add, when in regards to what Easton said, right, like oh, people say it's a con, it's a highlight reel, oh, it's fake, whatever. Guys, think of your Instagram uh, as a resume, right? When you're applying to work at you know a big accounting firm or a law firm or wherever that may be. Um, I wouldn't know. You know, I dropped out of college. But uh, <laughs> from, from, from what I've heard. From what, I, from what, from what yeah, I've heard. What people tell me. Right? You know, from when I was applying to McDonald's back in, you know, I was 14, uh -huh. 15, you know. Didn't get a job, but yeah. Didn't get it. I'm just kidding. But when you are putting together a resume, do you, do you put on a resume, like, the bad qualities about yourself or the sloppy things or the mistakes you've made in life <laughs> or the horrible, right, the horrible things that have happened to you? Absolutely not. Yep. You put all the great experience you have, your skills, what you've done, who you are, what you like to do. That the resume is your a resume um, is what you're giving to the employer to show them why they should hire you. Mm -hmm. Your social media or your personal brand is your resume to the whole world, telling them why they should work with you. 
Great. Yeah, I, I love, love that. that. It's fact. Way, way, way good points. Switching gears a little bit. You now run what's trending to be, you know, a 16 to $20 million business, uh, which is, is massive this upcoming summer. Speaking to others in door-to-door and pests or whatever it is in the industry who are trying to grow like you have, have, you know, hundreds of reps, what do you think, in your experience, are the main threats to growing a business in door-to-door? Contentness, right? Being content. Um, dishonesty. And um, I guess that this next one plays into like contentness, but uh, uh, thinking you are the smartest guy in the room. So I'll, if I can expound on that. For yeah, a break those three down, please. 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 Um, so um, it would be very, very, very easy for somebody like me and my partner, McKay Roberts, to get content with a $12, $13 million business that we produced this last year. Um, 99.9% of the space will never get there to 12 or $13 million in revenue. There are companies out there that don't produce 12, $13 million Fact. in revenue. Um, it would be a very easy thing for McKay and I to sit back or even Drew or Parker and Skyler or Easton, Calvin, um, you know, or even some of my guys like Zach Kornfeld, Tate Breyer, my brother, Jordan Meacham, whoever that is to say, Hey, you know, we had a great summer this year. It'll probably, you know, be a little better next summer just by nature. Let's just sit and, you know, coast and see what happens. Um, being content will, will stunt your growth. It 100% will. In order to grow uh, exponentially and explosively, you have to come back just as hungry, if not hungrier than you were the year before, which is a very, very hard thing to do, right, when you, when you produce good results or you, when you have success. Yeah, and especially when you make – X amount of dollars, right? For sure. Hundred, two hundred, three, four hundred thousand dollars. Hundred percent. Yeah. I uh yeah, if you are not, um, and again, you don't have to be in the office every single day or spending ten hours of your day every single day, you know, reaching out to people or recruiting or doing meetings or whatever that is. But you one hundred percent do have to be consistent with whatever it is you're doing. You can't choose one day to do six meetings. And then for the rest of the week, say, I did my six. That's going to be an average of one meeting a day. If I were to do one, one a day for six yep. days, you can't treat it that way or you will, your, your business will stop growing. Uh, and it will probably start to shrink to shrink. If I'm being completely honest. Uh, second, um, being dishonest, uh, that, that comes in a couple different facets. Um, being one starts with the most important thing, um, as a leader and that's, uh, being, uh, dishonest to your reps that is probably the most detrimental thing that you could do uh to hurt your business right being dishonest or not fully honest with your reps on how pay works how your pay works on your recruits how their pay works on their recruits and how their managers pay works on that or however whatever that is how we sell um you know um uh, how the business works how deductions work how rent whatever that is yeah uh you could even call it right the tell them what they want to hear um even if it's not fully honest that right there uh will lead to guys and if there's anybody out there doing that you know keep doing it i've had tons of reps come and work with us because they've had those types of experiences at other companies yeah and like i was talking with easton even before this right we're talking about like the house of cards there are some reps there are some outliers right that are making great money, right? And there's always like the same five examples of the same five guys that are, that are dude, to their defense, they're making a ton of money. Tons. Tons. But that being said, their dynasty, not even dynasty, you know, their their moment of success is all built upon a house of cards sure. in the sense that, dude, it just takes one person to realize, wait, this rookie's getting started at this percentage and I'm getting started at this. He got a $10,000 sign. I, I think... Or a manager. Dude, I've been doing this four more years, and this second year is getting paid. More. Like, why Why is that? Oh, um, dude, it's so shaky. And it's once you lose the trust of your guys, which, like I said, building a business, like what you're going to do, 16 to 20 with McKay, dude, like, you cannot build a sustainable, lasting, built-to-last business on dishonesty. Forget about it. Dude, you need a solid foundation. And, yeah, the guys are making a lot of money. 
at the expense of reps. 100%. And it's like, you just, you won't last. Maybe they will be able to stuff their pockets for a few years for sure. But like, be able to build something that your guys are going to love you. They're going to stay here. They're going to enjoy working with you. So much of that is built off trust. So much of that. Couldn't agree more. And your last point you said was? Um, Last point was? Not not being the smartest in the room. Not being the smartest in the room. Um, Again, right? I, what me and McKay have built, uh, or McKay and I, excuse me, what McKay and I have built is, uh, if we're being, like I said, if we're being frank, is better than, uh, or more successful uh, than 99.9% of people in the industry. Mm -hmm. And I am always so hungry to learn from people, from from that 1% or whatever it is that is, right, that like have produced better results. Um, Right, if... Drew Hansen, right, this last year produced $20 million in revenue, right? Do I have things to learn from him? Of course. 100%, right? Um, if Parker and Skyler produced $18 million or whatever it is that they produced, mm-hmm. do I have things to learn from them? Of course. 100%, right? Uh, do I have things to learn from somebody that maybe didn't produce quite as much as me, but they're doing better in a certain field? 100%. I can give you so many examples of guys that I've talked to, um, um, not just here, but at other companies and other sure. other industries. There are so many studs out there, uh, you know, working in solar, working in pest, working in alarms, wherever that is. I have friends in all industries, and I am. It's cool. I, I feel blessed to know a lot of the guys that work in different industries and are doing great uh, in their certain scenarios. And I've learned from a lot of those guys. Because that being said, right, dude, it's only your fourth year. When yeah. You talk, well, now you're going into your fifth, dude. There's so much to learn, and like, are yeah. you doing it better than a lot of people? For sure. But just because you're doing it better doesn't mean that you can always take a step back and learn something from 100%. guys that have done it for longer and learn from mistakes. That we don't. Know, we forget that, made. right? Like, I've only been. I'm going into my next summer. Will be my fifth summer. There are guys that have been doing this for double, triple the amount of time that I've been doing this. Decades. <laughs> Legit. Like, <laughs> I have so much to learn. Uh, we all have so much to learn. So. To that point, your business will grow. It won't stunt if you, you know, realize that, you know, you're not the smartest guy in the room. I love that. In that same vein, then, what are some of the telltale signs that someone is running a good program or a sustainable business? Just from the outside in. Uh, you can't switch over there, guys. Okay. Right? Um, you meet with guys from, well, or even, like, the guys won't even take meetings. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. There's guys out there that are doing that, and, you know, kudos to those guys. But, um if guys won't like, if you get reached out to, if you reach out to some of these guys and it's like, dude, it just seems that like, dude, none of like, none of like Calvin's guys will like meet with us. Like none of Easton's guys will meet. None of dude, grit guys won't meet or whatever it is. Right. Um, if they won't meet and if they won't leave, that's one telltale sign, uh, telltale sign. Second is, uh, they keep coming back. Right. They yeah. keep coming back. And, right, I think third is there are, again, if I'm being blunt, there are people in this industry um, and other industries, right, within the door-to-door sales space that are just kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, talked about negatively a lot, right? And we all know, we all know, right, right, like guys like that, that it's like, dude, you could talk to anybody that's been in the space for a few years and everybody will know this guy's name. Uh, in a negative connotation. Yep. There are plenty of those guys that are, you know, out there. And then, right, there are tons of guys. There are also lots of guys out there that are like, you might not work with it, with them at the same company, but they're spoken of in a positive light most of the time. Yeah. Right? Obviously, not 100% of people are going to speak positively about you. But most of the time, if they're speaking about your company positively, right? Um, you, know, you have oh, a good rap. I've got nothing bad to say about that guy, right? Nothing bad to say about him. It's that's that's probably another you know way that, to know that you're uh, running a great business, and then on top of that, you are growing at a steady pace year over year. Yeah, that's I mean that's just an obvious you know don't even need to say it, but we'll see. Those it. are great. I love those. In that same vein, Dill, as far as running a good program and sustainable business, when it comes to reputation, when it comes to people like like you said. You, like oh this guy has got like a stellar reputation you ask anybody in any space oh he's got yeah. like nothing but good things to say about this guy um what like what do you think like we've talked a lot about like trust we've talked about like transparency with reps all the things we've talked about 
what have you done or, or what have these people done who have these glistening reputations in the space? What do you think they're doing differently than the guys who are just like, oh, I've never heard of him? Or, uh, oh, yeah, I've heard bad things about this guy. Like, what do you think these guys are doing so differently? How are they moving differently, building differently to where they're getting this, like, spick and span reputation? So, um, a couple things, right? Um, one, it's like you – when you do something, right, when you, when you do something once, right, you'll probably do it again. Right. Or like, what's, what's something that, uh, what's the thing we always say, the way you do anything, the way you do something is the way you do anything or whatever it is. When you hear about somebody, uh, doing something dishonest or not right or wrong or wronging a rep or multiple reps, a group of guys, uh, if he, you know, if that really was wrong and it wasn't like a, a false perception from the reps point of view or whatever, he will probably, or he or she will probably do it again and again and again, Yeah. right? And you'll hear about it, right? Or that not even a recruiter, but a company, right? A company, if you hear the, of them doing something, they'll probably do it again and again and again. And the same goes for good, right? If a company has, like, great results, right, they'll probably have great results the next year and results the next year after that and the next year after that, right? goes both ways. So um, I think that the guys that – don't right like you don't hear the same oh it's the same thing uh they're conscious of that i think that's one and then two if i'm being completely honest uh guys that don't don't make it a point to trash talk others right uh i think we've all been in recruiting meetings right uh whether you know you're at the grit or if you're listening to this and you're at another company you've been in recruiting meetings where all the recruiter can do is talk so much trash about the other person's option right just slander just slander toxic it's just like it's it really is a red flag it's like do you not have enough good to say about what you do yeah right is that your only ammo it's like honestly way easy to see it's like oh this guy he starts off like talking about what's not like what's horrible about this company oh or this person or this guy it's like dude let's let's talk about Let's talk about why this is the best option and not why that's the worst option, right? So I think, I think those two right there are probably like guys that don't do that and guys that you're not hearing the same consistent he does this over and over and over. I think those are probably the most conscious guys uh, in the sense knowing that like what you do does get out, yep. right? 100% what you do does get out. People will know your name. And so anyways. On the same, on the same note is that this is a thought that I feel like so strongly about when Dylan was talking about sustainable businesses, what's a telltale sign that someone is doing it right. There was no mention of like golden door awards or there's really no mention of like results or contract value or sold to serve it. Like mm-hmm. none of that. The thing is with results, they truly are a byproduct of people running a good business of yeah. people running a good program of people running a good region or company when Dylan was going through all these things it's like yeah I mean a lot of times when they are honest and are transparent and do talk uh, positively about themselves and other companies a lot of times yeah those places do have good results to show for it but the results aren't what led to them doing things the right way yeah them doing things the right way are what led to the results. Couldn't agree more. And so it's like, we can get really fixated, particularly here on Golden Doors and Corbin and Drew and Corbin and 14 and 10. We can get really fixated on the top performers and the people who are selling a ton Yep. and the all the things. But take a step back. But when the reality is, is like, that didn't just like spawn out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. no. It's no. like, that is a product of years and years of getting better and doing things arbitrarily the right way year over year over year. And that's what the results are going to show. 100%. And like you look at other people in the space who are having success and producing golden doors and are producing like high producing rookies. Well, I look at those people even at other companies in other industries and I think, oh yeah, they have like a palpable culture. They have like a clean aesthetic with their Instagram. They have good content. They're doing things at least mostly the right way. Yeah. But it's like you never see some outrageous outlier. They're doing things totally wrong, but they have outrageous results. You just never see this that. This doesn't happen. Yeah. Dude. 
So you don't see it. I think Dylan made the best point by not because we hammer results so much, mm-hmm. and that like because they're there and, and they're in your face, and they're there and they're in your face, and we and we brand them and they're marketable and all the things. But in reality, we got to separate like what's the fruit and what's the tree. Yeah, what came first? Hundred percent. Exactly. So. Yeah, I, it's it's. I'll I'll give you like a quick example on that. Um, I will. I won't say a name because I don't think it could be an issue. But I just won't say the name. I have a rep. Um, he's awesome. Love working with him. Uh, he'll know who he is when I tell the story, but, uh, he switched over from a different company, uh, last year and obviously, right. He loved the transparency, standardized pay, whatever it is, right. That what he wasn't getting in his previous company, right. Finding out all the things that you like, you like that are not, does not make up a good manager, right. Finds out manager wasn't completely honest. Won't tell him how his pay works on them. Won't tell him, right. All the things that reps like are, should know. Right. Um, and to get back at me, right? His manager called him and said, "Hey, I know these guys are total BS. They are not this and this and what they say." And starts doing everything that I just said not to do, talking horribly about me, our company, whatever it is. And he said, "I guarantee if you call Dylan right now and say, "Hey, I've done really well at recruiting. I'm going to sell a ton, dude. Come on. We got to we got to work a little bit better on the deal, like my personal commission and all yeah. the deal." You gotta do better, I, I, dude. I just gotta go get it, go to a different company where they're gonna give me way more. He said, "I guarantee if you call him and leverage him, he'll he'll up your deal." So he calls me, scared scared the crap out of me. He yeah. said, "Hey, Dill, I, I I didn't want to lose him, right? But I couldn't I, I I couldn't just up his deal because right that would go totally against everything. Not only that the grid is about, but what I'm about. And he told me everything right that his his old manager told, told him to say, that. and I said. Hey, dude, I am super sorry to to hear that. Uh, I gotta stick to what I gotta stick to, and if that means that you gotta, you know, go and have a better option, if you think that's somewhere else, then I'll be, you know, 100%. still love you, but I can't do it. And he goes, "You passed the test." He said that on the phone, <laughs> and I was like, "What on earth?" And so I think that just goes to show, right? That it's like we like sticking to what you are as a person, right? Like at all times, never wavering is going to determine whether you're a good leader or running a great business. Yeah. No, I love that, dude. It's it's so true. And everybody's watching. Everybody's testing. So it's like you always just got to be on your game. And you always just got to be honest, right? Last question, bringing it home, right? Being one of the fastest-growing businesses in all of door-to-door pest, you've had to become an elite leader, and you've had to do it fast, Yeah. right? What are some of the principles of leadership you have developed most acutely over the last three or four years and what would you say, what are the skills and principles that you're still working on that you feel are the most important? Um, man, that's, that's like, that's a loaded question. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I, I think that, um, man, you guys are really putting me on the spot here. <laughs> um, I, I think that if you were to ask, um, uh, any of my reps, uh, what, like, one of those good leadership qualities would be probably about me is right. Like uh, I, I'm, I'll bring down the hammer when the hammer needs to be brought down when it needs to be brought down. But in the same light, it, I'm the same type of guy that they can call and say, Hey, I'm in a pickle. What should I do? Yeah. Right. And I'm, I love when the guys call me when I have time, I love when the guys call me and we, you know, we shoot the breeze and we talk and we talk sports and we talk fun and Oh, you know, jokes and whatever it is. Um, walking that fine line of right being uh the rock to your business that 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 it needs when right the hammer needs to be brought down but at the same time right having that soft edge right with your guys and with your business right when like things need to get light or things need to be just genuine right if you will yeah because it's like it's a super fine line to walk because either you're a jerk or you're their friend and it's like sometimes you you know, you can't be a jerk, but you've got to be the guy that steps up to the plate when you need to step up, make the corrections when the corrections need to be made. But at the same time, dude, nobody wants to work with a dictator. Sure. Nobody wants to work with, you know, a monarch. They want to be coach. They want to be your friend, but they need to be need to be done the right way. And, and what would you say is something that you feel like you can still work on? Yeah. That, like you think your guys want you to work on? Uh, I think my guys would love me to be a little bit more organized. Yeah. Um, uh, McKay. Shout out to McKay uh, and even my wife. She keeps me, you know, way on schedule. I think organized. And um, to that same point that you just said, I actually think that I am getting better. I don't think I'm the best at, um, right, 
Um, sometimes uh, I think I can be a little uh, dictator, dictator-ish, mm-hmm. and I think I realize that about myself uh, at least, and I'm and I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, and not even just like with my own guys, but just like people in general. Not even just in the grit, just people that I interact with in general. Uh, I'm I'm working on it, getting better Love at that. it. Um, and and something last thing I know we're we're wrapping up here pretty soon, but something Easton and I have talked about a lot is being self-aware right and being like being aware of what you're good at but also what your weaknesses are don't be not being delusional that's also something i think that if you can get way 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 good at that tying this all in right tying it all in where i should work who i should work with right work with somebody that's that is self-aware that is like self-aware like what they are good at and like can like own that and like talk about it but also Take criticism, like understand and be self-aware of what they struggle with. I love right? that. Just knowing what you are and what you aren't. Yep. And it's one of the mottos of, of like one of my favorite sports dynasties over the last 20 years. It's the Pats and the Spurs from 2000 to, you know, 2018 were dynasties, powerhouses, five rings for the Spurs, six for the, for the, Pats. For the Pats. And Belichick and Popovich, their like motto, what they're known for is just know your role, do your job. Yep. Yep. Just know, know your role, do your job. And if you're not self-aware and you think you either wear too many hats or you're not self-aware and you're not conscious enough to think about what you're good at, then you don't wear any hats. If you just know your role and do your job, yeah, like people will respect you for knowing exactly what lane that you're trying to be in. Mm-hmm. Because if you're trying to be in all of them at once, it, it ends up looking like you're swerving and it doesn't play well with your people. It doesn't come off genuine. You don't, you're not able to build a ton of trust. The walls are up. And you're never going to get to the point in business where, where Dylan and, and, and you, Garth, are at. And so, yeah, self-awareness is something that I feel like we had so many long conversations about this over the summer in Long Island. Being aware, knowing what you are, what you aren't. When you're evaluating companies or, or, or options within door-to-door or just in life, surround yourself with people and leaders who are aware. Yep. Who know yep. what they are and, and who know what they are not. Because if they don't know who they are, how could you possibly find out what you are? Yep. yep. No, anyways, no, that Dylan, that was awesome. I think it was insightful. Definitely such a good podcast for the guys that are wanting to level up, grow, and do it right. And if you're not in a place that you feel like you can do it right, we say this time and time again, reach out, sit down with anybody, right? Look at your options. But like, Dylan, you are growing, you're doing it all work. Like, it's been so awesome having you on here and working with you. And I'm, I'm excited to see where you go. So, Dylan, we love you. Hey, thanks for having me on. For this episode of The Pad, we out.